Hello, feely humans. Welcome to another episode of You, Me, Empathy. My name is Known Wells. I am the creator and host of this podcast. I'm also the founder of the Feely Human Collective. I've been thinking about this show lately, you know, coming up on five years, doing this podcast all about my lonesome, and thinking about why I started it in the first place. I like to check in on the why piece of it. Like, why am I doing this? Does it still fill my heart? The answer is yes, to be very clear. But I, I like to check in on that. And I, I think about like what what it is, why I created this in the first place. And I think part of it, a big part of it, you know, in 2018, when I first started it was to to create more space to talk about mental health in particular, to talk about the hard stuff that comes with mental health. That is certainly not something that I had growing up, certainly that I was used to. And I, I, I felt like I needed it as a, as a form of, you know, collective therapy. And, uh, and it's still that. We still talk about our mental health, but it's also so much deeper, I think, so much more than that now. I think it's at its whole, you know, maybe if I'm trying to describe it, it's about being witness to the whole of each other in and, and whatever way that means, you know, whether it's a guest talking about their book, like today on the show, um, and, and, and what that book means in the grand scheme of our humanity and our collective healing and, and, and struggle and et cetera. Uh, and it also means me talking about my depression or, uh, a friend talking about their eating disorder or, you know, someone talking about love, you know, it's, it's really about our shared humanity and what, what that means to us, how we connect through that, how we find perspective through that and develop our capacity for vulnerability and empathy and emotional curiosity as part of being in relation to each other. And the container is a podcast episode. A container is a conversation. Um, so, you know, I, I love this show. I, I want to keep doing it. And uh, I also need you to know that it's it's a lot to do. So uh, if you, if you want to support me and the work I do on this show and with Feely Human, a great way to do that is to sign up for my newsletter at feelyhuman.co. Just click the, the banner there at the top. And um, I'm on Patreon at patreon.com slash feelyhuman, where I'm doing monthly movies that make us feel episodes, which will soon in January transition into a new private membership community I am building. So if you want to be, if you want to just hear about all the stuff that's happening in the world of me and the stuff that I'm doing and building community, sign up for the newsletter. That's the best way uh, to stay in touch. Um, on that note, uh, a couple of things happening uh, soon uh, is Friday. I'm doing another uh, co co creating co working session, uh, just virtually. It's a two hour session where we get together, talk briefly about what we're working on, and then play some calming music and get to work. You know, I I, I know I sometimes need that focus and that accountability. So if you're interested in that, you can check out. Just go to the link in. Uh, either Philly, Philly Humans or Yumi Empathy's Instagram, the link tree, it's it's in there. If you want to RSVP to that, that's on Friday at 9 a.m., I believe. And then the next Feely Hikes, which is where we move our hearts and our bodies, uh, is October 9th at 9 a.m. in Santiago Oaks Regional Park in Orange County. So if you want to go to that, uh, again, sign up for the newsletter. That's the best place uh, to learn about that. But you can also just DM me on Instagram at Yumi Empathy or uh, on Feely Human at Feely Human. There's a few more things I want to mention, but uh, let's 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 talk about the episode real quick. So this episode is episode 236 on what we are willing to risk for love with uh, author uh, Monsi Choksi. Monsi is the author of the new book The Newlyweds, which is fascinating it's a it's a it's an eye-opening uh exploration into arranged marriage in india and love and finding love and love as a revolutionary act and the emotional cultural and familial consequences of marrying against tradition and truly like in that context 
in the context of Indian culture and this beautiful collective community culture that India has, with its also, uh, you know, it's not but, it's and, with its also hierarchical or, uh, you know, systematically oppressive uh, system in some ways, uh, what are we truly willing to risk for love? And so we we try to answer that, and certainly Mansi tries to answer that, uh, and I believe answers that in in this remarkable book, The Newlyweds, which is available now. I highly recommend it. It's very very good. Uh, if you go to bookshop.org, that's where I ordered mine. Uh, it's a great resource or your local bookshop. But yeah, this is a wonderful episode. We mostly talk about the book. It's fascinating if you're interested in Indian culture at all, marriage, love, um, family, all of it. It's it's a uh, it's a rich rich conversation. And I thank Monsi for being a part of it and for writing such a beautiful book. Uh, Monsi is a brilliant writer. Um, and uh, yeah, the, the show notes for this episode is always at feelyhuman.co. That's where you can connect uh, with Monsi uh, or go to monsichoxy.com. Uh, Monsi is also on Twitter and Instagram. Those links are in the show notes at feelyhuman.co. Uh, again, this is episode 236. Hope you enjoy. Last thing I'll say is you me. Oh, a couple more things. Sorry, I'm all over the place. I mean, I'm recording this on Sunday. Sundays for me sometimes are just distractathons. So bear with me. I love you. Uh, one thing is, uh, Yumi Empathy is uh, not a substitute for mental health diagnosis, treatment, anything. Um, I am a silly boy. Um, I'm a feely human. Um, I am not a professional, and this is not therapy or anything or substitute for any of that. So if you are struggling with your mental health, please seek counsel, look for uh, a professional in that area, and, um, and I love you. I hope, I hope you take care of yourself. You're worthy of that care. And the other thing I wanted to mention is if, uh, if you do want to support me, again, go to defeatthehuman.co, sign up for the newsletter, patreon.com slash feelyhuman. That'll be up for the next couple of months until the community. And the other thing is uh, give me a follow on Instagram at feelyhuman at yumiempathy and uh, please leave a review in Apple Podcasts. If you haven't done that, please. Like I, I, I beg of you. I beg of you. If, you. if you leave a review between now and the rest of the year, I will read it on the show. I promise. I will read it I will say your name. I may sing it. I don't know. Uh, but I, I really appreciate those reviews. It does help out this little independent podcast keep growing and reaching more hearts. So thank you for that. Okay, let's get to episode 236 on what we are willing to risk for love with author Monsi Choksi. To you, me, empathy—the official podcast of the Feely Human Collective. On this show, we explore the struggles, the triumphs, the brights, and the darks we face as humans trying to be human on this wondrous and overwhelming pale blue dot. You, me, empathy was created so that we could be witness to our collective humanity through the lens of empathy, vulnerability, and emotional curiosity. We aim to destigmatize mental health, lead fiercely with our hearts feel our feelings without shame and judgment, and share our courageous stories so that others may feel less alone and more connected as feely humans. Yumi Empathy is a brave place designed to inspire the beauty in each of us, because each of us, in all of our kaleidoscopic parts, makes up a magical whole that deserves to be seen. Today, I am elated to be here with a writer whose work has appeared in the New York Times, Harper's, New, York, New Yorker Magazine, National 
Geographic, Slate, among many others, and author of the new book, The Newlyweds, A Literary Investigation into India as a Society in Transition Through the Lens of Forbidden Love. It's Monsi Chuxi. Hello, Monsi. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh my goodness. I'm so <laughs> happy to have you. I'm happy to talk about this fascinating book. I, I truly uh, knew, like, this world is very new to me. So I, I learned a lot. And, and one of the things I love, one of the selfish things I love about doing this show is I get to learn. I get to learn from my guests. And it's such a privilege. So thank you for being here. Thank you for writing this book, The Newlyweds. I am excited to get into it. But before we do, we always kick off with an emotional check-in. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling um, excited to be in New York. um, And I'm excited to meet my friends. I'm excited to um, see the book in bookstores. That's a surreal experience. Yeah. Um, and to hold it, um, you know, in its glory out in the world. It's just been such a private experience so far. Um, and now to see it out there and, you know, uh, people reading it and experiencing, um, you know, the, the stories of these young men and women um, is a really special feeling. Mm. Yeah, I, I've I've spoken to quite a few uh, authors on this podcast and and there and some of them you know like have spoken through the pandemic right and and sort of the the book promo in a pandemic you know feels weird and hard and stuff like how is first of all like how has that piece been for you the marketing of it like how how do you feel about that stuff yeah, actually, um, the writing was, um, I, so I began uh, reporting this project uh, about six years ago. Um, three years earlier, um, in 2018, oh, so that's, yeah, four years earlier, uh, is when the, the book um, was actually, um, you know, made official. Um, and we managed to find publishers for it. Um, and and uh, when I, um, you know, after, after that happened, um, I soon uh, became pregnant. Um, so a lot of the writing actually took place uh, in the postpartum period. Um, and I did uh, most of this writing actually in, uh, you know, in the early days when uh, my son was uh, really young and uh, essentially a newborn. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a real challenge. Um, you know, I had to sort of teach myself um, to write in, you know, 15 minute installments, um, <laughs> to write while, uh, you know, putting him to bed, um, while diapering, cleaning, um, you know, in the offices of doctors. Um, so it was a really intense couple of years uh, putting this project together. But I do think that it's also the thing that kind of carried me through a difficult period. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's just a very um, sort of special, um, a, a really special project mm. um, because it's just meant so much to me. It's the crutch that I've leaned on uh, while I, you know, I was um, dealing with a massive life change. Um yeah. Um, um, to kind of hold on to that identity um, of my previous self. <laughs> um, so yeah. in that sense, it's been a very meaningful project, uh, personally. Yeah, I love that. Thank you for sharing some of that Go context. It, it, like this book is clearly uh, dealing with a lot of this idea of identity, right? And yeah. who we are and who we are in context of systems that oppress us, systems that silence us, systems that take away our autonomy, right, as individuals, right, in the context of India and love and marriage and stuff. And, and, uh, and then, yeah, you, you changing, you becoming a mother, which is like, big M, big identity (laughs) shift, like, absolutely. How, like, how, like, where, how is, how old is your your kiddo now? He's three now, he'll be two soon. Yeah. All right. So he's so, um literally as old as um the writing began. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, what a what a task, what a momentous task that is to to write a book at the same time of being a new mom. Like um Yeah. I'm I'm assuming you had lots of help. I did have support. Yeah. I, I did. I mean, uh it's my husband and I that live away from our families. We live in Dubai and our families are in India. Mm-hmm. Uh but we uh, but we did have help. We had childcare, which um I'm really grateful for. And of course my husband is um very um involved and hands-on. So he took a lot of the um uh, uh, you know the the sort of labor of um child rearing um in the early days um off of me so that I could um write this book. Mm, I love that. It's yeah. important. Yeah. Yeah. I. What is like, how long have you been with your husband? 
um, an eternity. Uh, we actually, <laughs> we actually uh, began dating when we were in high school. Um, wow. So yeah, several years. I, I, I possibly uh, twenty years. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Well, I I love. I mean, so my my partner Jessica has is in the process of getting her doctorate. I see. In in prison education. Wow. And and you know there's there's there are these ebbs and flows in relationships where you have to like I'm at I'm at the point where I'm I'm I have to give her space right and time to write her dissertation to work Absolutely. on her book right um and and I have to you know step up and and be more I mean not that I wasn't before but more present more yes. active like taking care of the day to day right and these Absolutely. are the ebbs and flows in relationships that are so important yeah um uh, it's also yeah it's i think it's the tough times that really um you know bring uh, people together mm. um in a lot of ways um I yeah agree. i mean it, it required a lot um um on his end to kind of step up and kind of just uh, uh be around a lot more and of course the pandemic happened at the same time so yeah. um in some sense it uh it worked out because we were all at home um but um yeah so yeah, we were all at home, but I wrote most of this book um, at night. Um, mm. I would um, uh, at night and at early morning. So I would actually write um, a little bit at night, go to bed, wake up at 5 a.m. Um, while my husband um, kind of managed um, our child. Um, and I would have a sprint up until noon. Um, and then I would uh, then take over the responsibilities at home and then he would get to work. Mm, um, mm-hmm. And then again at night after he went to bed, I would start writing again. <laughs> but in, that, in some sense, it was nice because um, you know the uh, the hours um, you know not writing and um, and not doing not doing another kind of um, intellectual work were, were were really good for me because they gave me that breathing room um, mm. to kind of like um, think about um, you know the, uh, the the progress I had made and kind of just um, allow those words to sit. Um, and to kind of, um, I, I like the sort of pace and slowness of it, mm-hmm. um, because it really helped me. I feel, um, just, uh, each word, um, was really, um, measured and was really, um, you know, thought about, um, uh, because I had this structure, um, yeah. write this book. I love that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we need, we need space in between the, the, the hard stuff or the doing, right? Yeah. yeah. We need space to breathe and to reflect. Yeah. Absolutely, and, and, and yeah. yeah, and sometimes the um, like uh, earlier when I would write, I would I would also write in in these bursts. But then the the rest of the time, I would I would be you know kind of fretting over things and just like uh, allowing myself to um, be anxious about related things. But there was just no time for that, mm. um, and I think that really helped my productivity. Yeah, um, to have that sort of steady pace, I just kept thinking of it as um, climbing a mountain where you just don't look at the peak, but just you know keep looking at your feet, making these small advances. Yes, and uh, just um, you know, like I had a very modest um, um, sort of um, uh, goal for every day. I would just uh, aim to write about two fifty words a day, um, and if I were happy with those two fifty words, uh, it was a lovely day. But of course, there were days where I was not happy with them. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I I liken myself to be a writer. I, I I am a writer, and I have been a writer for most of my life. Um, the discipline of it. I mean, the, you hear this often, right? The discipline of it is, um, it's hard, right? Like it's yeah. it's it's hard to like show up and and do the thing every day. Um, I'm I'm curious, really, like. I'm curious about so many things, uh, <laughs> and I'm I, I know like your your sort of investigation into this world, and uh, you know as as sort of written in this book, the Newlyweds. You know, I'm sure you came from a place of curiosity, came from a place of passion, and yeah. and, and wanting to disrupt. Um, I'm also curious about your your own sort of personal connection to to these stories and like really what it means to you because i i I, I get and understand what it means from like a systemic level from what it means from like and i want to get into this from from like a what is love and the power of love level like that stuff's powerful but like i'm curious about like 
the minutia of your personal connection. Yeah. Like, why write this? Why investigate yeah. this? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think for me, uh, this comes from um, like who I am. I was born to parents that married against tradition. Mm. Um, um, my mom belonged to um, uh, one class and my father belonged to another. Um, and they've been married against the um, the wishes of their families. And then 11 years later, their marriage crumbled and she returned home. And shortly mm. after my father died. Um, so there is this, um, you know, I've sort of grown up in a home where this, um, this idea of um, what is at stake and um, uh, what is at stake when you risk everything for love is a looming reality. Mm. Uh, this is a question that I've grappled with most of my childhood um, because, you know, I, I grew up looking nothing like my mom, my mm. my dad. I, I've never met my dad and I've never mm. seen any photos of him. And I always wondered, what is it? How is it that I don't look like you? Um, and it really bothered me. Uh, and then um, uh, many years later, um, you know, we... Um, she took me to meet his parents and um, that's when I first saw uh, a photo of him. Um, and then it just, it, it was me. <laughs> and that's why I look like that. Um, but yeah, it was a very, uh, it was a, um, a pretty, um, it was a secret um, that was closely held in our family. Nobody talked about it. Mm -hmm. um, um, you know, nobody gave me a clear answer um, of, um, you know, why this was a, a taboo topic. So I think this is like essentially, the place that it came from is a uh, is it was a way for me to understand um, why people do it and what it's like to live with um, the consequences of you know one impulsive decision. Yeah. Um, so even in this book, I try to um, you know I I you know this book is kind of structured around the the love stories we consume in popular culture, but I wanted to to spend time in in the afterlife of those love stories. I wanted mm -hmm. to spend time when. In, 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 you know, in the scenes where, um, you know, this grand love kind of gets, uh, has to diminish into, to fit into life, mm -hmm. uh, into day to day life. And, uh, because that's what I grew up uh, in. Mm -hmm. um, and I wanted to, I wanted to see, um, what it was like for our generation that is so, so different from our parents' generation in terms of, um, you know, the, the time that we're born in, um, uh, just the kind of access we have to the, to the wider world. Um, um, more of us are educated, more of us have, um, you know, um, a, a greater understanding of um, how people outside of our communities live. Um, and, um, and I think what I found is that a lot of us are exactly like our parents. Mm. Um, and I, my takeaway from this book was that these young people are, are kind of similar to, to my mom. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, th I hope that answers uh, your question. Oh, it, it does beautifully. Um, that's inspiring to me. Like, I, I love that you were able to connect your mother to the stories that you, that you share in this book. Like that's, yeah. that feels special. Yeah. 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 That feels really yeah. intimate and, and beautiful. I yeah. love that. I, I love that you were a kid and I mean, you hear this a lot, right? Like you're a kid, you ask a parent, they're like, yeah. Yeah. You'll you'll understand when you're older, right? Exactly. But like that's not like that's not good, good enough. enough. That's not Absolutely. good enough. Like the insatiable curiosity of children right. and our imagination Absolutely. is going to be satiated in some way, Absolutely. right? And so you you were able to kind of connect those two pieces, which is really fun. I love that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love that. So what I what was, and I, I'd love to hear you reflect on this, like what was clear to me as I was reading this book was there is a, this is not a binary lens with which you're looking at this, right? You, yeah. you, you see that, like, it's not, it's not bad versus good, right? No. Like, right. And, and what, what I think is clear about really anything we talk about on this show is like, Let's 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 dig into the nuance. Let's dig into the curiosity. There's a lot in between that we're missing, right? Um, and I I want to hear you reflect on the tension between maybe some of that tension between like, yeah, these systems are history, right? You know, this idea about marriage, arranged marriage. These systems are history. They're part of the fabric of Indian culture. And we progress as humans. And, Absolutely. you know, so how do you, like, how have you, in your own personal life, navigated some of that tension in yeah. honoring and in moving forward? 
Yeah. Um, so for these young people, I, I felt that this was a constant struggle that they had. Mm. Um, you know, this push and pull of um, what we want and what we're expected to want. Um, and I and I felt that uh, when I when I first met these young people, they were they were they was they were one thing, and then by the end of the reporting, they were another. Mm. Um, I I feel that this very question, this very tension that you talked about, um, wore them down by the end of it. Um, you know, when I first met them, they were you know playful, spontaneous, you know, kind of sort of naive. Um, but I, but now, if you meet them, they're they're um, they're a little more um, uh, calculated about um, how they're going to, you know, make decisions. They're, they're serious and they're um, um, they're a little jaded. Mm. Um, and I and I thought that was a really, um, you know, it, it just this um, one decision um, having uh, the the power to change the course of your life um, is um, it's just a really powerful thing. Um, and it's also, also overwhelming. I, it's overwhelming, absolutely, and and yeah. I think that um, uh, what I learned from this is that love can take various sizes and shapes. It can look like um, sorrow one day, and it can look mm. like a, you know a, a thrill uh, another day. Um, and uh, this is what I saw um, in them even now. Like you know, they, they have um, you know highs and lows, and they're all very extreme. The highs are very high, and the lows are very low. Um, and all of this comes back to this, uh, to their choice. Uh, and another thing that I think, um, you know, uh, in Indian culture, you know, there's this deep sense of uh, filial duty. Uh, mm-hmm. We're expected um, to live our lives and conduct our lives based on uh, what our parents think. Um, you know, uh, we really do seek their approval. Um, and that might be because of, you know, the way the Indian family structure is um, essentially um, has, has, um, is. And, yeah. um um, you know, so so for me, I think what what um, what what I came away with is that you might long for love while you're inside this family structure, but then when you do this massive rebellious act um, and and attain that love, um, you know that that's that same space might become filled with a longing for acceptance. Mm. Um, um, uh, all of these young men and women want nothing more than their parents' approval. Uh, they want nothing more than um, to, to to feel like uh, you know they're acceptable to the same structures that um, that they defied to be together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so universally human to to yeah. want to be seen and heard uh, yeah. for who we are by the people we love. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, even if um, you know, like when they when they make these decisions, it's kind of like they know that it's a binary. That if they make this decision, mm. they're 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 throwing away um, the affection of their family. Uh, but then they just can't come to terms with it. It's just a reality that they cannot recalibrate with. Um, they just, mm. or, or like uh, for instance, uh, the Hindu and Muslim couple Monica and Arif. Um, yeah. Um, even though you know, you know, she kind of gets caught up in this rivalry with her sister. Um, and, you know, uh, their, their relationship kind of moves at a very fast pace because, you know, the sister has feelings for him. Um, you know, they get stuck with an unwanted pregnancy. Yeah. Uh, they run away together. But now all she wants is um, her sister to speak to her. And um, that won't happen. Um, same with Neetu and Davinder, the, uh, the couple that uh, are from northern India that run away from the same village. Um, all Neetu wants is to pick up the phone and uh, talk to her mother. Um, and, you know, she often does that. She will just call and um, just hear her voice and put down the phone. But she doesn't have the guts to to, to say that it's her. Mm. Um, wow. Yeah. And, and, and Reshma Preeti, the, the lesbian couple, when when I think their, their marriage falls, I mean, their relationship falls apart because uh, primarily because of this, because Preeti just chooses to go back to a simpler, more peaceful life where she fits into the ideas of um, that her family's hold as acceptable. And I, I get it. I get that. And I I get, I get that. um, I have such deep empathy for that decision, even though it's hard. Because there's, there's what you're describing. And what is very clear is there's a ton of grief. Yeah. In these big transformative, like, familial shattering choices right, right to 
buck the trend to go in the face of arranged marriage and all these historical systems that have always been in place, there's big, big grief in that. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's why it's not surprising that um, I think recent, I, I quote this survey in the book where uh, recently um, young people were polled about their views and attitudes towards marrying for love. And a majority mm. of people came out and said that actually we believe that marriages should be arranged with, um, you know, with partners from the same caste, class, community, religion, ethnicity, because these, these things, these, these arrangements keep, um, you know, systems in place. Um, a right. lot of these systems are hierarchical and oppressive, but um, um, it's just it just seems like a less complicated, uh, more peaceful option. And there's like a, almost like a peace and defeat. Mm. Yeah, I, I understand that, and it disheartens me. But yeah. I also know that having the or, or understand that having the weight of like my decision being this huge transformative thing that is in the face of these these systems um that's a hard place to be uh gotta feel pretty alone in that place so if if there's not a lot of folks around you in the same boat doing that same revolutionary act right um, it could be isolating so so isolating yeah yes absolutely so how do you like you know I understand that, again, like, I understand that why people go back, like, why Preeti went back, right? Like, I understand that, and I have empathy yeah. for that. And I want, and, and and maybe this is this is wrong of me, you know, as someone who's, like, on the outside of this as a white, cis, you know, American yeah. boy, yeah. Um, like, I... I, I so take this with a grain of salt. I also want, you know, quote unquote progress, right? From like a human lens. But that's, right. but then I'm also like aware of the fact that like, oh, I'm putting my American sort of values and an idea about what love is onto a culture, which isn't fair too. So what yeah. do you, I guess, what do you want? I think what I want is for our in- internal framework of morality to to kind of expand, mm. to to accept that it's okay to um, make choices for ourselves. The Our idea of um, ourselves are so tied with um, uh, with approval from people we love, yeah. um, and and that is true. That um, India is a very collective society. Like our identity is is um, derived from so many groups that we belong to, because That's we beautiful. you know we. Yeah, collective is uh, beautiful. We need that. We do need that, but I think yeah. that um, that when when collective um, systems oppress uh, people to to choose unauthentic uh, versions of themselves, then yes. um, um, then it's then it turns terrible. Mm. Um, um, I mean, a, a lot of people will consciously choose a moderately happy marriage um, or a possibly unhappy marriage that fits into a particular mold over uh, a marriage that is that that they really feel deeply uh, for yeah. um, and I think that's a pretty sad uh, place and I think it's just because of this the way that um, our systems are designed um, and the way that um, and of course culturally um, uh, you know the way that uh, you know we kind of put so much emphasis on the idea of marriage mm-hmm. and the sanctity of marriage um, that it, um, um, it 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 scares people away from uh, making choices for themselves and and forcing them to lead uh, inauthentic lives. Yeah, it's it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> it's so hard, and and you know, like even I have. I mean, like even I have felt some of that, like pressure, right? Familial right. pressure and. This idea of marriage being this this thing here in the Mar- in America that is uh, you know the sanctity of marriage, right? Like there is there is a lot of that you know that's wrapped up in certainly wrapped up in like Judeo Christian religions. Um, this this sort of like intrinsic value of marriage that's a thing yes. which I don't necessarily yeah. agree with, but like Absolutely. we hold it as to be intrinsically valuable, and then. And then those who 
opt out of marriage like are somehow bad or or mm-hmm. less valuable which right. again there's all these things at play which 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 contribute to it but yeah it's hard it's as hard. i said it is um, hard. <laughs> what i what i i want to go back to what you said before about what like I think you had I, I listened to a, a podcast you were on and you were talking about one of your goals for this book being um see like taking this idea of love being this big grand thing, which it is, yeah, but but also getting it down to the nitty gritty of our lives, right? Yeah. The mundanity yeah. of our day to day lives and how crucial that is from like a like if i am to look at like if i am as american gonna gonna look at like um what love is in india i see it in bollywood right you mentioned that in the book right and there and and that's beautiful and there's these big grand gestures but it's also like in that grandiosity we're losing a lot of that we're losing a lot of the individuation and a lot of the nuance that is bypassing a lot of that choice that is bypassing maybe the fact that oh you know didn't we forget that homosexuality was equated to bestiality for the longest time in india Right. right yeah so let's let's dig into that a bit more i'm really curious about that piece like how do you feel about that piece yeah um I think I think what's interesting is that um, a, a, you know when these young couples make these choices um, uh, based on ideas borrowed from pop culture and especially Bollywood, mm. we think of love as this subversive force that can bridge divides, um, mm. uh, divides of class, caste, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but uh, the, the the truth is that we are shaped by a lot of those biases as individuals. Um, so Monica, for instance, cannot help herself from saying, hey, but you're Muslim when Arif proposes to her. Right. Or, um, or Preeti cannot help herself from telling Reshma, but you're not a man and there's nothing you can do about this and nothing will give me that respectability. Right. Um, and I think that's I think that that that, that tension that um, one is, um, you know, using this um, subversive force to, you know, to rebel against an oppressive system to be together. But then, and then, kind of coming to terms with the fact that actually I'm, I'm also harboring some of these biases, mm-hmm. um, is a very difficult sort of place to be in. Um, it's uh, you know, it's a constant like oscillation between um, you know, you're you're a symbol for, uh, um, uh, for you know, for doing something um, subversive. But mm-hmm. then um, you're also a person that um, doesn't entirely believe this is the right thing. Um, and I mm. and uh, and that that that's what I really meant uh, by you know uh, you know how, what love looks like when it gets um, reassigned into day to day life. Um, right. Monica um, is shocked at how poor Arif's family is. It's just something that she cannot wrap her head around. Um, um, and you know it's um, it's a it's a big shock to her that she has made a choice that has landed her in a situation where she doesn't know where she, if she's going to be able to give birth in a in a government hospital where she's heard horror stories about, you know, women being left uh, squealing in pain on, you know, on uh, communal operating tables, mm-hmm. or she's going to be able to to get uh, to give birth in a private hospital, which would cost as much as, um, you know, a, a couple of McDonald's burgers that she would have had um, mindlessly with her family. Um, it's a very big cultural shock for her. Mm. Um um, and that's what I mean. So I, in that yeah. moment, um, you know, um, love to her seems like a a, a stupidity, um, and it seems like a um, a really um, um, idiotic uh, ideal. Mm. Um, even Nito and Devinder have this moment uh, where um, you know they you know they're dealing with they're grappling with um, all the horrible things that have happened to his family uh, because of their um, elopement. And, um, you know, they, they have some time together and they decide to kind of just uh, listen to some romantic songs that would have moved them to tears uh, when they were dating. 
Um, and her instant reaction is, um, you know, what are these lyrics? Like, why do people even listen to this? This is so <laughs> silly. And I think that moment said so much about uh, where she had come. Mm. And that moment said so much about how her idea of love has changed. Um, um, yeah, um, that's that's what I wanted to get at, because I feel like we don't talk about this enough, especially in Indian society. We don't talk about um, you know, a, a, most of us uh, consume Bollywood and, um, you know, Indian pop culture. Uh, but there, there's seldom any place uh, in these narratives for uh, what happens after. Yeah. Yeah. And what happens after, There, there's a, there's so much at stake. Yeah. Like, I, I'm just, again, like, I, you know, I, I married Jessica maybe, what, what has it been, 12 years ago? And... You know, we had some, there was some familial pressure and, uh, you know, some family members are like, I don't want to be a part of it because it's not, you know, this way or whatever. But like, that's, that's the extent of it. Right, right. Right. Like, yeah. So like thinking of some of these people, the decision to choose love yeah. It comes with all of this baggage, yeah. comes with yeah. all of this repercussions. Like that is that's it's a kind lot. Of, that's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. I mean, yeah, there's like this this, you know, specter of violence that is looming in all these stories. Yeah. Um, with Neetu and Devinder, it's it's physical assault and physical violence. His house is destroyed. His mother is attacked. Um, she's hospitalized for several days. Um, uh, they're you know essentially rendered homeless because nobody will allow this family that defied caste to live in this village. Um, in Neetu and Devinder, I mean in uh, Monica and Arif's story, also there is um uh, you know this looming um threat of violence. Uh, the uh, the right wing vigilante group. Badrang Dal is, um, you know, sort of hunting them down and putting pressure on the police to uh, to bring them back at any cost. Um, you know, he risks losing his police career. Um, um, you know, Monica fears for his safety. And um, in and in in Reshma and Preeti's story, the 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 violence is um, is very internal. It kind of like the pressures of heteronormativity uh, make Reshma act in really cruel ways. Yeah, um, make both of them act in really cruel ways. Um, so. Yeah, the stakes are heightened. They're they're really heightened, and 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 that's and that's kind of why I chose um, to focus on working class Indians, ordinary Indians that are from villages and small towns that don't have access to, you know, the the powers and privileges that a lot of um, us who grew up in big cities do. Yeah. Um. And uh, and I wanted to tell their stories because um, um, because a we don't hear about them enough. And B, because the stakes are so real and are so great um, that um, it can change lives. Truly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, here in in the States, right, there is, yes, we've like, there are certain people and sects of people that, that, that you know, are sort of anti-queer and gay and stuff. But like, for the yeah. most part, like, you choose who you love and yeah. and there, there's a lot of freedom here you know yes there's yeah. there's always room for improvement and yeah. and and what you describe and in, in the stories that you describe in india yeah. like is your like is one of your goals too? yeah yes like to illuminate these the afterlife as you call it okay. but also to like do you like what is progress there for you look like like yeah. is the, is there room for progress there like what and what um, does that look for like me or for yeah. these couples well i guess like you know like it, as i'm reading it and as i'm hearing you talk about the the truly love is this like revolutionary act this choice Whereas like here, like, oh, I'm, I'm in love. I'm in love. Yeah. Am I in love? I don't know. You know, like, you know, I'm being flippant, but, yeah. but like truly the, 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 in the stories you share in these, in these real courageous hearts, like love is revolutionary, is like life altering. Right. So, and that's, that's, 
that's romantic, that's passionate, but that's also like, as we've talked about, comes with so much baggage. Absolutely. Like, so do you want, as someone who cares about this, as someone who has family in India, do you want the culture to soften to 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 like relinquish some of the control around these Absolutely. ideas i i would love for that because we are a generation of um so many young people a majority in the world and the fact that we don't have the fundamental agency to make this this private choice that mm. can change the um the course of our lives is a very frustrating um uh, concept um i i yeah i think it's absolutely ridiculous that um, this should be a choice that is um, um, anyone's but the two people choosing to be together. Right. Um, and, and, you know, I think that um, partly to blame is also the way that um, um, a, pop a pop culture is, um, um, you know, kind of um, structured. For instance, um, you know, these, these uh, grand ideals of romance, th that's exactly what these six young men and women carry with them. Um, and, um, uh, you know, when they fall in love, it's a very quick thing. They don't really, it's not a, it's not a slow, careful decision. Right. It's a very, very quick thing. It happens within weeks. Um, and it's a very, uh, sort of, um, flippant, uh, a sort of arrangement in the beginning. Uh, like for instance, Monica's like, oh, uh, you know, he checks off the two important things. He's hot and he's cool. Mm. Um, and, <laughs> uh, and that's all it takes for her to make her uh, to, to to have him as her boyfriend. Yeah. Um. And for Neetu and Davinda, they check each other out on the way home from school. They, you know, they flirt a little bit, and then they and then they have to act really fast because of these systems that are in place. If they don't act fast, they're going to be married off to other people. Right. So, There's pressure. Yeah. There's, There's so pressure, pressure to be to, fast, yeah. Exactly. So they, you know, we uh, a, a lot of uh, young Indians don't get to go through the normal ups and downs of of, uh, of a relationship. They don't have time to suss it out. They yeah. don't have time to see if this is really the partner that they want to be with for the rest of their lives. Wow. Um, it's possible that if um, they had had um, the time to like grow into a mature relationship, they might have uh, chosen to separate at a much earlier stage. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but because of these uh, systems that are um, threatening to tear them apart, they have to act quickly and they have to make these really big choices in um, without really thinking about it. Mm. Wow. Yeah, I hadn't thought about the that piece of it. That's yeah. that's so true. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> having to make the decision. Yeah, to be like, oh, weeks. this is the person. Yeah, within weeks yeah. is like yeah. a no-brainer. And, and you're throwing away everything that you know to be true. You're throwing away all these um, relationships that you hold dear. You're throwing away everything that you know. Um, and you're denying that maybe like critical thinking part of yourself because you're like, uh, yeah. this, I mean, I just got to go for it because like exactly. otherwise, you know, I have this other terrible decision exactly exactly or non-decision i should say yeah. Right. yeah wow how is the like you mentioned this in in reshma and and preeti's story a bit but like this there was some suicidal ideation yes um how is mental health the conversation around mental health you know especially in the context of these stories like how is that is there improvement there like it's non-existent. It? It's non-existent, non -existent, yeah. especially in this particular strata of society. Yeah. Um, there is a lot more awareness about mental health in, um, you know, in the big cities and uh, in the upwardly mobile classes. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, in this uh, in this particular strata, no zero. Mm. Um, there is no. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, like for instance, um, uh, and I know that Pre uh, Reshma uh, would really do well with counseling. All of them would. Right. Uh, with some kind of therapy, but um, there's just no access to it. It is uh, prohibitively expensive. There's no government sanctioned, um, you know, systems in place to, um, you know, to provide access to healthcare, uh, mental healthcare for uh, people. And it's also taboo, um, right. um, um, uh, especially in these sections of society. If you were to access mental healthcare, you're essentially termed crazy. Right. Um, or it would have to be a very dire situation. So even when Monica has these very real suicidal thoughts, um, um, Arif, um, you know, the, the way he deals with her is, is just um, inadequate. Um, 
um, for instance, uh, he tells her, um, don't don't do this, don't do something bad to yourself. You know, you make yourself tougher. Um, there are other, you know, that's his way of um, dealing with a lot of her trauma. That there are there are other people that have had it much tough, tougher than you um, are facing right now. And yeah. um, you know, kind of just chin up and uh, you know go for it. Mm. Um, um, mm. I think to some extent uh, within the LGBT community, there is um, some. Um, some activism around providing healthcare to to women like Reshma and Preeti, uh, but um, um, you know, outside of that, no. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that stuff is near and dear to my heart because it's yeah. right. It's giving people the space to feel, yeah. <laughs> right, and and, yeah. and 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 maybe a safe space to feel and, yeah. and to to connect and to to talk about the stuff that's hard and and there's so much hard in these stories right right and to not have an outlet or access yeah. to that care is is devastating absolutely it is devastating it's um it's just um uh the six of these uh, young people are disadvantaged in so many ways um uh, in terms of um, um you know access to they're so worried about just survival they mm. just want to make sure that um, they're um, breathing, right? And um, um, these thoughts are uh, secondary to them. And it's yeah, it's really sad that uh, they have to go through um, this kind of trauma and have no way to process it. Is there, you know, you know, obviously, like you and I have deep desires for there to be th- these these changes in this culture. Is there are there leaders in these spaces that are that are, you know, making an acting change? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, within the LGBT community, I would say yeah, it's yeah. a it's a very um, active space to 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 uh, to, uh, to provide healthcare to uh, uh, to you know LGBT people. I guess I also mean from- in general, right? Like, yeah, in 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 terms of like you know, yes, the mental health care piece, but also the the cultural oppression piece and the systems yeah. piece. Are there like political leaders? Are there like organizations? Like, yeah. So political leaders would actually uh, be afraid of touching this topic because mm. if um, they would publicly um, um, kind of uh, agree with um, destabilizing these systems, these power balances essentially of caste and class, they risk losing a lot of their supporters. Uh, because these are such dearly held beliefs um, that um, a lot of um, uh, people think of as protecting and protecting Indian society and its balance. Right. Um, and um, you know, um, speaking up against that, it it will be an affront uh, to um, a, a majority of uh, Indian people. And I get that, right? Like mm-hmm. there is value in this is how we've always done it. Yeah. This is the legacy, right? Yeah. And there's there's always oppression in there. Yeah. Um and I I you know <laughs> like there has to there has to be space for us like let's step outside of the context of this for a second. There has to be space for us humans to be able to ask questions um be critical, absolutely. Provide feedback, and to have these systems like reflect that, or 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 be responsive to that, and allow for like the rigidity is so harmful, right? The yeah, rigidity absolutely. is is the oppression, right? And so like, yeah, just like the. I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, I guess that's democracy, maybe, is what I'm yeah, talking about a bit. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. But within the Indian family structure, it's a dictatorship. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, so much so much of, um, like, for instance, critical thinking is um, can be perceived as disrespectful. Mm. Um, uh, you know, asserting your agency can be seen as, um, yeah, complete, uh, yeah, being unruly. Right. Um, and um, is there's there is no space within the traditional um, Indian family structure uh, to make room for um, diverse opinions, um, 
Right. Sadly, and I'm, and I, I, it is changing, of course, in the cities and in the, you know, in like the cosmopolitan areas. Uh, but in uh, a majority of um, India, that sadly is not the case. Mm. Yeah, and I, I also do, I want to be very clear that I don't want to come across, or I, I am not. My intent isn't to be saying that, like, oh. We have it better here in America. No, of course not. I like understand this, that. You know, no, no, yeah. No. Um, I, I, I absolutely I, understand that. There's, there's, I think deep value in tradition, and all, all, all things need to be scrutinized. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, all right. things need to be scrutinized. Everything should be questioned. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Well, your book is. Uh, you know, inspiring and devastating. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That I mean, was the hope. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it makes me sad. It makes I, me I sad. And it, and it also gives me hope because, yeah. because of some of these stories yeah. and, and some of these people who, who do choose to, to, to find love in the way that they want to find love. Yeah, absolutely. Which is, um, there's always hope, right? Yeah, there's always hope. There is some glimmer of hope and I think all three stories. Yeah. I yeah. agree. Yeah. I agree. In in terms of the I think I read in the book that in like I think as early as or as late as 2018 the the homosexuality piece in India was like yeah, reconsidered. Like where is that? Yeah. What is that? Yeah. So now it's that? been, yeah. um, um, so in 2018, uh, the Supreme Court of India struck down a colonial era law that uh, criminalized homosexuality. Right. Um, um, in 2009, uh, nine years earlier, uh, um, a lower court, um, the Delhi High Court had passed a, 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 you know, a judgment that decriminalized it. But then there was that, that judgment was uh, overturned. So mm. it was a big setback for um, the equal rights movement in India, um, which um, you know has um, has been around since um, the early nineties, I would say. Um, you know the activism to, um, to kind of this, the activism to to repeal this um, ancient archaic law that has no place in Indian society. Right. Um, but and also the strange thing is that um, actually in Indian culture and in Indian um, mythology, um, gender is a very fluid idea. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in Hindu mythology, for instance, we you constantly hear about um, you know um, gender fluid gods, like the spirits of uh, of gods flowing in and out of men's and women's bodies and making love and having um, you know same sex relationships. Yeah. Um, uh, so it's not it wasn't a taboo until um, a colonial period came in, and then you know this idea of Victorian morality um, uh, you know became confused with um, Indianness. Right. Um, and um, um, so it's a it's a strange process of unlearning and relearning um, that we're currently uh, going through. And I hope that, um, you know, now that we finally uh, have our first um, victory in uh, striking down this um, unacceptable law uh, that, you know, keeps moving forward. Mm, good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, shame on all the colonizers. Well, yeah, so. absolutely. <laughs> uh, do you worry about backlash to this book? I do. I do yeah. worry about backlash to this book. Um, especially when I started writing this book, India was a different place politically. Mm. And now it is a different place. So it's it's releasing at a time when um, it's a little scary um, um, to have a critical um, take on uh, the political systems. Um, I'm, I'm definitely a little worried. Mm. Um, I hope that um, it doesn't um, get banned or it doesn't like lead to some kind of uh, you know lawsuit. But um, yeah, There's a I'm definitely. Of that? Yeah, I mean, you know, where uh, it's a yeah, it's not unheard of um, uh, in the in the past years for books um, to just. Uh, face all forms of litigation by um you know the the parties in bar mm. well in the face of that uh it's courageous of you to to put this book out in the world thank you thank yeah, you that's hard thank you very much thank you yeah good for you thank you <laughs> <laughs> um well 
the book is out now. Yes. Right. Uh, so listeners, uh, go order it. Order do, the newlyweds. Yeah. And I, I, if you don't have a local bookshop close to you, I really like bookshop.org, which supports local bookstores. Uh, you can order it from there. And uh, yeah, pick it up. It's wonderful. The link to the book is in the show notes at feelyhuman.co. Uh, Monsi, let's, let's talk about our empathy heroes. We always kind of wrap yeah. up the show talking about yes. someone in our lives who's empathetic, compassionate, could even be a character from a story or a movie we yeah. love. Yeah. I will go first to give you a moment yes. to reflect on yeah. your empathy hero. So I find just last week, I finally watched Minari. Have you seen Minari? It's a movie. No, no. So it's about, it's, it came out a couple years ago. It's about this Korean family who, uh, moves to um where uh where is it somewhere in the south mm-hmm. uh and uh he wants to start a farm and it's in the 80s um so and it's it's a a beautiful beautiful look at um integration into society integration into family uh sort of the 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 value of like maintaining our and honoring our culture as we sort of integrate into a new culture. Yeah. Um, and faith, too. And, like, faith in, like, uh, each other and faith in uh, ourselves. Uh, it's a beautiful movie uh, by Isaac Lee Chung, the director. Uh, and it's uh, it's kind of, it's very lyrical. And it's, it's yeah. the music is beautiful. And all the acting's wonderful and uh i believe i watched it on showtime so it's streaming there if you have showtime but i highly recommend it to you Monsi. Okay, I, I think you should yeah. it's called minari and it's beautiful i will check it out yeah, it's I really, really it, good. but I, was, I haven't ever got around to watching it yeah it's yeah. uh add it to your list it's it's wonderful okay. so listeners if you haven't watched minari yet please do it's it's a I believe a deeply empathetic movie um, yeah. that I highly recommend. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you yeah. for that recommendation. So yeah. how about you? Uh, who's your empathy hero this week? I think it's this week and every week, Catherine <laughs> Boo. Um, her book, Behind the Beautiful Forevers, I changed the way that I work. It changed the way that I um, uh, approach people I want to write about. It changed mm. the way that I listen to them. And it changed the way that I document um, um, their thoughts. Um, um, I just felt that it was just such a spectacular uh, piece of journalistic work with so much integrity and um, you know so much ethical weight mm. um, that it just inspires me every day. Mm, I love that. And yeah. uh, name the author and the book again. Um, it's Catherine Boo, and the book is Behind the Beautiful Forevers. It's set in a slum in Mumbai. Okay. Um, and she presents the characters in just such fullness um, and in such um, um, authentic, um, yeah, in such authenticity that it just blew my mind. Mm. Um, uh, you know, it's um, uh, growing up in Mumbai. It's um, I, I could see so many of the people that I come across in that book. Um, and I just um, after I read that book, I think I read it every few months just to remind myself of what is possible if mm. things are done right. Mm. I love that, yeah. and I love that you're able to connect to the characters. Like, yeah, talk- because as someone as you know, as an outsider, she came in and she wrote this book, and um, the fact that I could hear and see these people um, around me with such, um, uh, you know. Yeah, with such authenticity, it's just mm. such a beautiful thing. Yeah, um, it's it's so hard to capture, and it's and I think you can only do it when you have um, when you operate on nothing but empathy. Mm. Yep, I always yeah. talk about books as portals to empathy. Yeah, yeah. When um, you go in without, you know, like you shed all your arrogance and you shed all, um, you know, all the things that you carry with you all the time and just. Um, sit down with a person and listen to their story with, you know, uh, um, an honesty and a sincerity that they deserve. Um, yeah. It it just really shines through. Yeah, it's the best. It's the best place it's to the be. Best. Yeah, there's so much learning and cleaning and 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 beauty there that I yeah. I, I I really value. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Amazing. <laughs> well, Muncie, uh, where where can the listeners connect with you? And obviously, you know, I mentioned the book, but you know, yeah. order the book. Like, where's, yeah. where's the, where are the best places? Um, I have a website. It's mansichoksi.com. If you send me an email, I'll definitely get back to you. <laughs> um, I'm on Twitter and on Instagram. It's under it's mansi underscore choksi. So it's M A N S I underscore C H O K S I. Amazing. Yeah. And and the book, The Newlyweds, is available wherever you get your books. Order it, read it, uh, let Monsi know you you love yeah. it. Uh, yes, as much make as my I did. day. Yes, make <laughs> make Muncie's day. Uh, Thank you. Well, what a joy this was. Thank you this for, for being a Thank part you. of Yeah, you're welcome. Thank and you. to you listeners, as I always say, I'm here, you're here. We're here together on this wayward, overwhelming, awe-inspiring pale blue dot. We have each other. It's you, me, empathy. Oh.